Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Scott and Paul's Rambling Podcast. Podcast. Hello. Phil McLeod here, joined as always by my friend and co-host Paul Brown. Hello. And again, sorry for another delay, another kind of gap between Scott's episodes. Scott's fault, he was pissed. That was not the main reason why. <laughs> we kept having to rearrange the occasional day of recording for various reasons. Some of them were Paul's fault, some of them were mine. I was busy and he was pissed. Yes. Same on Paul well, for having responsibilities. Actually, no... You were not pissed. You were hungover. Yes. That is the rule. You were not drunk. You were hungover. Yes. One of the days we had planned on doing it the night before, I met my friend Stephen from ESSR's engagement party. And, well, it was a party, so I had a few drinks. And, well, I wasn't as bad as Stevie was. You should have, you should have seen Stevie after it. It was his engagement party. You had a right to get hammered. I, I know. Like, we were using it then, like, Jesus, how much he had? He, went, he just went, he just went, People keep on to me fresh pints. <laughs> like how again, probably because it was his engagement. How many have you had? Fifteen. I don't think it was that much, but like... Jesus, I've talked about... Like, there's so much going with the conversation last night amongst some of the guys from ASSR. And yeah. even since he's been engaged, he's always like, alright, so when's the when's the SAG party happening? When's that happening? <laughs> even though he's scheduled he's waiting for like 2021, it's no like two years, like we're still like, okay, but when's the, when's the SAG do then? Can you imagine 15 pints? That'd yeah. be good. Let's have a pint. No. Oh. <laughs> well, fair, that's well, that. You probably weren't even listening to my story. You were like, 15 pints. I and was. You, you and he was off in his little daydream. You were talking about the stag party. Yes. That he hasn't announced yet. See, I was yes. listening. But everybody else is, that, everybody else is like, hey, screw the whole wedding. What's important is, when can we go get pissed? Well, see, for those who are not getting wedded, that is the important part of the wedding. Yes. A, when's your stag party? And B, mm-hmm. are, you having a, are you having a decent do? Are you going to have a tables and yeah. dinner? And are you having a buffet? Mm. Is there going to be drinks laid on? Is there going to be a free bar? Yeah. See, that would suit me if there was a free it's bar basically, and nibbles. Basically, you're saying, is, is, it, is it fancy? Is there a stag do? And is there free shit? Yes, yes. Those are the main concerns. Like the wedding we went to. Uh-huh. We walked in. We, me being you and Brian. Not yes, me, not yes, us. me and Brian. But we went into, and the first, as soon as you walk in, there was free drink. Yeah. You know, there was free champagne mm-hmm. and free beer. I'm assuming it was free champagne and free beer. You know, deal's choice. You know, I had both. Yeah. I had a beer, I had a champagne. <laughs> you know and then we went to a table mm-hmm. and there was a bottle of red mm-hmm. and a bottle of white myself and Brian's brother panned the bottle of red before the food came huh? and then we had the food and I had a drink with food too and oh. then there was nibbles and then people were people were offering to buy us drinks you know like I'm getting around I've used having one and we were like yes yes we are we had at least five drinks of that sort. Yeah. We bought one ourselves, but after we seen the price of said one, we didn't buy another one. 
go. So basically, that's, that's the key if you're having a wedding. Make sure there's plenty of free shit, you'll keep your guests happy. Food and booze. Yes. And not too much of your bullshit nuptials pish. You know, <laughs> don't make it long-winded. Don't make us have to stand there too long. Oh, yes. None of the, none of the whole love and shit yeah, like that. Just give it like, <laughs> to you. Aye. To you. Aye. Aye. Cool. Mm-hmm. Food. Sorted. Like, you've, you've been watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I don't know if you've got to this point, but... Uh, I haven't. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Captain Holt's maybe officially a wedding. And obviously, as you know, if you've seen Captain Holt, he's not one with emotions. It's Terry Crews, right? No, it's... Oh, he's the, the other cap- one. He's the captain. I mean, he doesn't really emote very well. But, oh, aye, And he's maybe officially a wedding, but he's having difficulty doing it. And, he, like, and he's a gay man. He, like, and he has a husband, like... And Terry Crews asked him, well, how did you, what did the efficiency when you got married? Well, you didn't say much. We weren't sure if the game marriage was going to be abolished, so time was of the essence. And it cuts to his way and goes, do you? Yes. Do you? Yes, we do. We're married now. <laughs> I'd like to think that's how I would get married. <laughs> it would really bore me if it was long-winded. Yeah. Anyway. Like, do we have to do this? I want to sit down. <clears throat> Sick. You could, doesn't mean say you can't have a wedding sitting down, just... You walk down, you sit down, you do the whole thing. You have the efficient sitting down, everybody sitting down. This is not where I thought we'd be talking about in the first few minutes of the yeah, podcast. We, we do we do have a habit recently of going off track and talking shit. Fucking absolute shit. That's but it's, what, it's good, it's that's what we what do. I've been trying to think, what kind of podcast is this? Obviously it's rambling podcast because that's in the title and all that, but I'll, we talk about certain subjects more than others. We could talk about the fact that I've had a significant chop of hair. We could, but people yeah. can't really see it, so we can't really comment on it. You can, though, because it was very, very long. Wait a minute, it's shorter than I'd, I'd expect you to go. Yeah, it was very, very long, and now it's not so long, <laughs> you know. It was going to a point where I was worried you would sit on your own hair. I was. But I didn't. I wouldn't have cut it had it just been that. It was the fact that it was all... It was a lot like straw. Alright. Because of bleaching and cause of getting it caught in a fucking brush, which was really pissing me off. It had started to turn into straw. Yeah. It was very, very dead and very brittle. And it, it felt terrible. Mm. So I cut it all off. Mm. And now what's left is healthy. And well, last week, when we like we talked about Extreme Rules for like 20 or so minutes, and that's about all the wrestling we really did. Because yeah. a lot of it was really non-wrestling related yeah, chat. We talked a lot of shit. But it was a good show. It was good. Yeah, we had the whole concert argument. Well, not argument. You were. I was agreeing with you. We're talking about. Yeah, we had we had one of my famous. I'm going to talk. You people are going to listen moments. Yes. About my 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 grievance on the etiquette of concerts and phones. But I, like I felt weird about not having talked about wrestling. Then I was thinking to myself like, why do I feel weird? Because we're not a wrestling podcast per se. Even though we talk about it quite a bit, we're not yeah. traditionally like, wrestling podcast. We talk about other things. We talk about other things sometimes. A lot of the show will be wrestling, sometimes only a little of the show will be wrestling. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out, like, how do you really define this podcast and somebody asks, I just say, like, oh, we just talk about things. So, I've just, I've, I've figured out what we are, we really are, for other podcasts, we're very themselves and think we're similar, I think we're more of a conversational podcast. I like that, we are a conversational podcast. Because that's basically what this is, we're, you're sitting down having a conversation, it just happens to be, your, it, it just happens to be recorded and other people hear it. Yeah. We're a conversational podcast, but we don't have any tea or, or beer or biscuits or anything. 
Well, you usually have beer. You just, you just don't happen to on this occasion. Well, I didn't really. I don't have. I don't have any booze because I've drank it all. See now you do, but this gets now. I just think of the scene from Still Game where they stand in the corridor, not knowing who's going to who's who's. Mm. The biscuits is that. It's now like you coming to me. To the I was coming to you. You're at me last week. Was that not coming to you? We talked about that bollocks. Time of the week before. Do you know what I had today? I had a dark chocolate tonics tea cake. Cool. They were very nice. I didn't know you. I didn't know you did. Yeah, chocolate tea dark cakes. chocolate tonic tea cakes. Oh, me and the wedding, by the way, that's not the wedding, the engagement party right now, the mm. wee snowball thing, they look like tea cakes all ma- got the marshmallows. Ah, yeah, I know the ones. They had a, they had a sweetie bar at the... They wee ones that look like tea cakes and they've got the jam in them. Well, no, they don't have jam in them, they just throw oh. coconut on the outside and they're mallow on the inside. But like, uh, they did... I know they did. They had a sweetie bar at the, uh, at the engagement party. Did you just dunk your face in? <laughs> No, but like sweeties, hum. <laughs> I may have a big fuck off bag at the end, and I had a wee tea cake thing in it, and I made a mistake because I noticed there's also wee cupcakes or the buffet bit, <laughs> and I hadn't uh, got one yet. I went, oh, I'll go get one. I put it at the top of my bag. I made a mistake. I put it on top of the the uh, snowball, basically effectively crushing the snowball, not noticing that till the next day until I pull out the cupcake and seeing all of my other sweeties are basically covered in cream and coconuts. Peeling it, I'm peeling out the were snowball we, and were bits. Were we sweets that were covered in cream and coconut, were they in wrappers? No. Well then that makes all the better. You have all these sweets with cream and coconuts. Makes them good. I'm fucking pulling out cola bottles with fucking coconut on them. That makes for an interesting taste. See, if you were wa- if you were stoned, you would really like that. Yeah. I'm basically inventing new sweets. <laughs> yeah. That's, that is generally what I do when I'm, you know, when I'm faced with a lot of sweets. Hey, my unreasonable in this argument here. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for hearing me out. You're welcome. <laughs> Come on. But I got me and my brother got there a little bit earlier than other people because yes. our friend Ryan was uh, doing the DJing for the night. I hate it when someone's doing DJing because every time someone's doing DJing, I also I often think that I should be doing it because they're always doing it wrong. Well, I don't know much about DJing, so I just let him do it. But anyway, he, he said he, he offered to give us a lift. And we said, I think we'll come, you know, it's a bit earlier, we'll help you carry some stuff from the car into this thing we yeah. did. Yeah. The annoying thing being that I was crammed in the back with all the GG and equipment on my brother called <laughs> Shotgun. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, as we got there, they started setting up the wee buffet. But, and then they started laying out, they had sandwiches, they had all this stuff, they had sausage rolls, sausages, all that stuff. But anyway, we were told, the thing was, the fire wasn't officially to start to seven, right? Right. We were told, oh, when's the buffet, like, opening? Like, oh, we've got pizzas and that coming at nine. So we open them like, and I'm like, you want me to stand here near a buffet with all this food laid out until nine o'clock. And, and until don't I, touch it. Until I can get fed. Like, I'm a reasonable man, but <laughs> you don't leave food out in front of me if I cannot eat it. That's, that is when you need to use your ninja magic skills <laughs> to get some of that food and not have them notice anything. Take it from the back. I didn't get my sweet until after I'd already been to the buffet. I didn't realise the sweetie bar had been open all all night. So I could have been to the sweetie bar and while I was waiting for the buffet to open, just eating sweets. Yeah. And that's the ES is our, our guys. We all just took a couple of booths that were near the buffet, so we were all had... All were in good distance to the buffet. Although I went to the toilet and I came back. We were at nine o'clock and I started like no I'll I'll just dine I'll just hang around a wee bit just was so it, I, so I so I had a decent path to the buffet. Was it good? Yeah, it, was, it was a good buffet. There were some good pizzas and all that. There was 
Mozzarella sticks being laid out. Did they have chicken? I don't think they had chicken. If they did, I didn't have any. Because you see, that is a key in a buffet. They have chicken wings or something, or chicken legs or something. I nearly had uh, an unfortunate experience where I took these wee breaded ball things. I was like, <laughs> that's what they Little breaded balls. <laughs> I took them out. Like, I didn't know what they were. I seen them out with chicken. And I, it's just as well I opened them before, well, it, before biting into them. Because they were Scotch eggs. And I hate eggs. Scott, wee mini Scotch eggs? Yeah. That's solidly cool. I could have eaten them with like popcorn. I could. I don't. I don't like eggs, so it's a good thing I opened them because I like. I just opened like, ugh, eggs. Little, little, little oh. Scott. Oh, I could have. You could have just left me next to that particular portion of a buffet, man. I could have. I could have done that. So, as I said, I was trying to hang in the buffet. I was. Get, I kept getting told to sit down. And it was, but it was only so fucking Quacko and Alan could keep could keep me boxing in the buffet, so they had a clearer path to the bus. Buffet the bastards. <laughs> Every man for himself when it comes to a buffet. That's the truth. Yes. If, he, if you got in my way, I would step over you. If you're moving too slowly in front of me, elbows are going to start flying. I will throw cutlery if he's getting in the way. Like, see if there's something particular I want, mm-hmm. and uh, there is only that bit of it left, mm-hmm. and I see someone else going for it, I don't care if you're young or old, if you're getting in my way, you may get injured. There was, we had wee mini donuts, and I took I took one as I was as I was going around the buffet. I was I just grabbed a donut. I didn't even put my plate; just shoved it right in my mouth. <laughs> Do you know in a in a buffet I never really go for the sweet things. Yeah. It's always a savoury thing for me, like especially like 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 satay and and chicken and yeah. curry and things. I like food. <laughs> a Don't lot. we all? I like it a lot. It's surprising that I'm such a trim motherfucker, man. You know what I mean? Because I. I'm trim as hell. A little bit of a beer stomach. Mm. Yes, me like I, when I put on weight, it's not usually due to why it's a lot of phys- all the fizzy juice I drink or, it's all or the s- cider that I drink. It's all that cider you drink, you yeah. mad drunk. <laughs> Don't call me a mad drunk, but like, literally, I've seen, I've had things where I've eaten the same as I have as as usually would. I just didn't drink fizzy juice with it, and somehow I've noticed a difference. Well, um, I get. I get that. My mum, my mum took us out the other day, and it was a, one of the you know one of the really solid days you have with your man, blah blah blah. You go out and you, you do a bit of shopping, mm-hmm. and then you go for a meal. And we went for fish and chips at the boat. Uh-huh. If you've been to the boat, uh, no, I'm not really much of a fish and chips guy anyway. We went, we went to the boat, in Clyde Bank. My Christ, mm-hmm. the fish! It was that long. Right, by like that fucking wide, it was huge. Catch of the day. Ten... Look, how, look how you're doing this measuring when nobody... Well, I'm showing, I'm showing you. I, I know I can't show these people, but just, it was a big fucking bit take, of fish. Take, take your word for it, it's a big fish the way you described it. Right, and with chips and and with the tartar sauce and the peas and everything, it was, it was good, man. You know? And I, before it, I had had a pint. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd ordered the pint, you know, mm-hmm. had a little bit of it, and then food came, so booze went aside, food was there, <laughs> you know, that <laughs> is the rule, but I, I, I fired through this food, man, I fucking tanned that food, got to my beer, and I was, by this point, I was like, uh, you know, you're getting the food slips, <laughs> you know, I was sitting in the chair, kind of like, ah, oh, Christ, 
proud of myself that I tanned that entire plate of food, mm-hmm. but annoyed at myself similarly that I tanned that amount of food because it was so much. <laughs> but I was like, yep, <laughs> I ate that. <laughs> I finished it. And then I looked at my pint and I went, oh, no, I've still got my got the drink. And you talk about fizzy juice being bad. Yeah. A pint is worse, you know what I mean? Because you just, you drink that and it feels like it's just starting to yeah. fill and you're like, oh, God. But I got it down and then celebrated that victory with a Jack and Coke. <laughs> yeah. Well, my, my man, Seb, he laid pudding. Right. You know. Fuck knows how they managed to have pudding, but they had pudding. I had booze. That was my treat. It was like, screw your pudding, I've got booze. Yeah. You have your ice cream, I'm going to have a drink. <laughs> yeah. So how's your week been, well? I know we've been talking for a while. Well, and my week has been pretty solid, I <laughs> think. I had my hair cut. Yeah, as you mentioned. As I mentioned, you know, quite significantly. I'm going to be dyeing my hair again later on this evening. Right. Going to be blacking it up again, even more so. It will look like black, the blackest black it could look like. I got, I got one of those Wi-Fi doodads for the Xbox Three Sixty. So look, I, I'm, I'm technologically. You're, you're up to date. So you're with it. Uh, one of those Wi-Fi doodads. Aye, uh, totally. I mean, come on, I'd probably get laughed at for using the fucking console I use now. What the Xbox? The Three Sixty. Yeah. It's, it's like my thing, everybody's so throwaway now, like, by the time the new console will come out, ah. within a month that'll be fucking out of date and then there'll be another console that's always, uh-huh. you know. But I've got the 360, I've got one of the Wi-Fi doodads for it, but, you know, get your Xbox Live. <laughs> I have some reasonably decent games for it. Uh-huh. I have Grand Theft Auto 4 and 5. Sure. Tis enough. That's plenty. No, that's plenty. That'll do you. That'll do you. Else, I watched a pretty, pretty good film today. Right. It's on. I don't know if it's a Netflix exclusive or whatever, but it's called Look Away. I've never heard of it. Yeah, it's this, it's this girl, and she's all, you know, the kind of storyline. It's like she's bullied in school. She's all timid. Blah blah blah. You know. Yeah. But then, her mirror image. Right, her her image in the mirror starts talking to her, mm-hmm. you know, and the mirror, the mirror image in the mirror is the complete opposite of her, tenacious and quite angry and quite mean and yeah. motherfuckers. I'm gonna, I'll yeah. kill them, I'll fuck them up, you know, mm-hmm. and she eventually changes places, yeah, in a sense where mirror image, and she goes out and fucks a few people up, well I'm not gonna like ruin it if anyone yeah. wants to see it, but it's it's like a sort of dark thriller horror type thing. It's really quite it's really quite good. I say horror, it's not really horror but it's definitely dark. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. more of a thriller maybe a dark thriller kind of thing. Yeah. It's quite insane, quite psychological. Yeah. Let's get uh Mira Sorvino in it. A memorable name for like the nineties and early thousands. I was gonna say I sometimes struggle with names. Maybe or so when I see faces. Have I, you heard the Paul Sorvino? No. Oh. I was gonna say again. Get out. I was gonna say certain names. Like I struggle if I seen their face. Like I'd be like, oh, that person for that thing. That I've seen. Have you seen Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion? No. 
Have you heard of it? No. Bloody, why can't you be older? You'd know this if you were older. I, I, I usually like a lot of things. Like, I know a lot of things you you know. Okay, well, here's just, an easy just, way... Just allow me this one thing, please. Here's an easy way for you to figure it out if it ever seems something you need to figure out. Uh-huh. She's in Romain Michelle's High School Reunion, mm-hmm. which is a 90s film. She stars in it alongside Lisa Kudrow. All right. You know who Lisa know Kudrow that. is, right? Of course. Well, see if you ever see the film. Yeah. She's the one that's not Lisa Kudrow. <laughs> All right. Okay. There's, there's like a decent way to remember it. Cheers for that. You're welcome. And not at all condescending. It, what, I don't think it was meant to be. I think that's just my it, natural tone. He's like, you know the one, you know Lisa Kudrow? Yes, she's the other one. That's basically what you said. Yeah. I know, I, w- I know what one is not Lisa Kudrow if I've seen Lisa Kudrow and somebody else. Yeah, well, it was not meant to be condescending. I think that's just my tone. Yeah, pretty much. I do have that kind of tone. Yes, yes, you do. There, my week wasn't really... I'm not, I'm not a very nice person a lot of the time, am I? No. <laughs> that's one of the challenges of being your friend. But you see, that's the thing. It's not the fact that I'm a, not a very nice person. It's the fact that I kind of take a lot of pride in it. I do. I'm nice, but when I don't have to be, mm-hmm. I will quite, like, if you're being a tard, I'll quite clearly tell you you're being a tard. Mm-hmm. But it's done with love. No offense, no offense at all, but it takes a particular person to be your friend because occasionally when when you speak, <laughs> yeah. you're not instantly likable at times, but oh, depending I, on what you say. I know, I know, I know. I'm I am very jarring at times. Which is probably why it takes, it probably takes, if somebody tunes in this, it takes them, it probably takes them a few episodes to get used to your particular tone <laughs> or views or whatever. Yeah. I'm kind of, I'm kind of like, uh, what do you call them? Ah, uh, you know, uh, Duff Gardens and The Simpsons? I think so. I'm like Surly. <laughs> Alright. Yeah. Anyway, like I say, my week wasn't really that interesting. But you had to say decent part, which I've talked about. I, I had the unfortunate task of having to watch for a podcast ECW December to December. It was hell. Hmm. Well, there was a no- the opening tag match with Eminem and, and the Hardys, you know, those ECW originals. Totally. Yeah, that was a good match. And we all heard the tease. Oh, when it may, we may never see this match again between these two teams. There are two or four teams in a ladder match at Armageddon two weeks later. And then they had a rematch at the Rumble. <laughs> You know, that ladder match arm against the one where Joey Mercury's face gets all fucked up. Yeah. And they had a match after that? Yeah. The reason I did it is because on, on Rogue Opinions, I guess that I'm involved in, uh, we did a group thing where me and Carl watched and made predictions for EEW's Fight for the Fallen. Yeah. And then the next day, uh, Jimmy and Nathan would make predictions and review Extreme Rules, and the two losers had to get together and watch and watch the same to dismember. Ah. And I lost by a paw hair. But like I say, I came down to the main event, which was the Young Bucks versus the Rhodes brothers. And I had the Rhodes and Carl the Young Bucks and the Bucks won. So I will never forgive the Young Bucks for what they have done to me. What have they done? They have forced me to watch December to dismember by winning a match with their stupid Meltzer driver. And they're, they're fighting the Lucha brothers at, uh, at All Out in August in a ladder match. And I am firmly Team Lucha Brothers, so I hope they kick the fuck out of the Young Bucks. Yo. Yes. Do you I'm, think I'm, you I'm, will, though? 
I hope they do. Ah, I'm, I'm, I'm becoming very much like you. Like I'm very bitter now towards the books. I'm not saying that you're bitter towards the books. You just can you can be bitter towards certain things or people. I can. And even even if it's not warranted, and my hatred now with the young books is probably not warranted, but screw them. They made me sit through fucking. Oh, I don't even want to talk about that baby anymore. I already did that podcast. If you want to, they're on the same platform as we are. If you want to take it, like. Very little of it is edited, so it's purely 100% our pain <laughs> in that podcast. Well, I, I can see it's making you uncomfortable having to re- talk about it again. Yeah, but EEW Fate for the Fallen, though, in itself wasn't that bad. Like, other than the result of the main event, which I knew what that led to, but it was a decent show. It wasn't as good as some of their other shows, but yeah. it, was, it was a strong enough show. We had the, I said, Dustin and Cody taking on the Bucks. Which was quite cool. They did a they, the Rhodes brothers did a double shattered dreams spot. Huh. They did the bucks in opposite corners and they uh, did run. Uh, the both the young bucks did the kind of the duck down punch spot, and then they swam off the ropes and the Rhodes hit a double super kick on the bucks. Nice. The bucks went on for super kicks. Dust Dustin hit a bloody super kick. Yeah. I didn't know he could get his leg that high. Yeah. It was, it was pretty cool. It was a decent enough time. It did go a bit long, but it was still a good show. Yeah. But Extreme Rules happened the next night, <sighs> and I actually thought it was a better show than I thought it would be. Yeah? Yeah. Well, you thought that about the other one, too. You yeah, thought that about the Round. Yeah. See, I think you... you st- I would assume you've been surprised yeah. by the last couple that you've been like, oh, that's been pretty it's good. Basically, the moral of these DVDs have been in, lower your expectations and you'll be pleasantly surprised. <laughs> and isn't that just a, a motto for life as well? Yeah. <laughs> Don't expect anything to be good, just expect it to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And so we had a match, we had two matches on the pre-show where we were only meant to have one. We uh the added match was Shinsuke Nakamura versus Finn Balor for the Intercontinental Championship. Oh. And to everybody's surprise, everybody was expecting 50 50 booking. Finn gets his one back. It's on like a few days' notice because Nakamura, as I said, beat Finn on SmackDown and kicked the fuck out of him. <laughs> but no, two Kim Shasas, one at the back end and one right to the face. Shinsuke wins. Retains, right? No, wins. Oh, that's when he won it, yeah. Shinsuke wins the Intercontinental Championship. From Finn Balor, which was surprising. Yeah. And I'm happy about it. It looks like Shinsuke's finally back. going somewhere. Yeah, and hopefully he's on TV more often than he was when he was, in, when he was US champion. Hopefully. Because they could have done a lot with that and they did fucking nothing. So hopefully now he's got another title yeah. day somewhere now. And hopefully, like I said, like I talked about how when he had New Japan's version of the IC title, he was basically the guy with that belt. He made it awesome. Mean, he made it mean something. Kind of like Cena when he had the US belt, brought yeah. it back to. Mm-hmm. So yeah. hopefully he can make the IC bring the IC belt out of promise for a while. He can be like uh, Seth Rollins or Miz level like them. Yeah. The belt that was that was important. Well, Miz definitely made that belt. Well, Rollins defended it more. True. Like, well, he had good matches with like Cena did with the US belt, but I get what you mean about the Miz. Like, Miz was definitely the charisma behind. Yeah, of course. Yeah. There are two different types of champions. One mm. was more carries, the other was more wrestling based. He made that the wrestling belt did yeah. because he thought the whole being the workhorse belt. But yeah, I'm happy to see Shinsuke get a title mm. of a little more significance than and the US one. And the week that followed, we see both these guys probably won't have a rematch anytime soon because they seem to be going in diff- very different directions. But 
we'll get back to that in a yeah. moment. Uh, Joe is the current US champ. No, AJ no, is. AJ he? is. Isn't he? Yeah, but what happened later on, AJ would win the US championship from Ricochet. Yeah. Uh, it was quite a cool spot. We did it like the club didn't get too involved except when uh, Carl Anderson was starting was chatting ref and Ricochet went up top. So Gallows grabbed his leg. So AJ went up to the middle rope, hooked him in the sails because they basically had it off the middle rope. Yeah. And then won. So it's a good. Good finish, good way to finish it. Yeah, some good spots, but I think Kilkenny, uh, you know they can do probably more. I haven't actually watched their two Raw matches, which I imagine are amazing, so I'm going to have to go back and watch them. And, I imagine so. And yeah, <sighs> I just think they're going to have maybe one more match at SummerSlam, possibly. Uh, they did do a weird thing where they had, they also had the Revival beating the Usos. Like I say, I want to talk more about that match, but it was just a good tag match, and it's weird when yeah. matches are just straightforward good mat- sound t- wrestled matches because you can't really com- say anything much about them. Yeah, sometimes Whereas, like, sometimes the best match you get is one that you don't have to say a lot about. I usually that's a good yeah. one. Like, usually when I match is bad you can say a lot about it, like, oh, this, 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 they missed up this bit, but when a match is good, like, oh, I did this, this, they did that cool just move. Good. They did that cool move, they did that cool move. Uh, many good spots, good finish, right winner, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But they did a thing on Raw where they had Revival and Rude against Ricochet and the Usos in a 2 or 3 fall 6 man tag mm. and the Usos in that one but then there's a thing where a brawl between these two groups and then AJ and AJ in the club yeah. and I'm um, wondering maybe the, the club going to get a shot at the tag titles they maybe going to do a triple threat tag match at SummerSlam of club Usos revival because as good as Usos and revival are uh, they can't really, they can't do the two teams all the time, even though they're two of the only real main teams at the moment. Mm. So you build the club back up now, being with AJ again, give them some actual wins, which they've been getting, mm. and put them in the tag title scene again. And uh, I'm also wondering if Rude's just a guy throwing in there, or maybe he'll get involved in the US title scene. Who's that? Uh, Bobby Rood. Oh, him. Is it no, still Robert Rood? Oh, yeah, Robert Rood. He's, he's back to just having a kind of a beard. He's, musta- he's not just a moustache anymore. He's musta- mm. And no, it's weird. It shows how much more Robert Rudd's fallen in that. It took me like five or so minutes into the match to notice that his moustache was gone. Uh, which is sad. It's kind, it's kind of sad that he's become a heel jobber, basically. I know. Jobber heel. He, he goes for TNA, being a, a two or three time champ or something now. Two times, I think. Two time champ in TNA. Quite significant high on the roster comes to WWE. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the same regard, EC3. Well, we were okay with prominent level, prominent positions in NXT, like Rude specifically. Rude especially, like, yeah. he was more of the Akinti's TNA heel run when he was at top when he had the title, he had the suit. He said he wanted to replace all the guys in shorts and that and the and t-shirts in the crowd with guys in suits like him and all that he, every time they did a pre-tape promo he'd always be in this massive house huh. like showing off like how it looks like I've got I'm the guy oh, yeah, I'm the man. man I've got all this money look at the shiny shiny but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Woodley Extreme was opened with the No Holds Barred tag match the Graveyard Dogs Again, worst tag team name ever. I know, I know, I know. Versus uh, Drew and Shane. Shane. And 
where does he take her? What people are saying, like, and I, I'd agree that he did look better than he has in a while. Mm-hmm. Even though he didn't, he didn't do much. But like, <laughs> but like surprised. But like, we well, didn't do much. But like, he came in, he did his bit, he got out. Uh, but like, oh, well, he looked a lot better than he has before. I'm like, well, did you see what his last match was? Compared to that, anything's gonna look great. Like he came in, he did his spot. Like really, he didn't have. Shane keeps having these bonnie matches where he is somehow on offense for a lot of it, mm. but he didn't have that here. Shane tried to dive, gets like Undertaker tried to choke slam Shane through the table. Yeah. Elias comes out, hits him with his guitar. Uh, Roman hits Elias with a, a Superman punch, mm. and then Drew Claymore's Roman. He Claymore's at the Undertaker as well, and the Shane went hit his. His elbow dropped through the table as he usually does. Yeah. And then there was a spot where the Undertaker hits a choke slam on, uh, on Shane because he's hitting to the table. He's rolling back to the ring. Undertaker does his setup though, <laughs> and he choke slams, uh, Shane. He choke slams him. He sits up, and he hits a, hits a choke slam on Shane, and then just the way the camera angle, just Undertaker standing there, and then you see Drew. Kind of rise, <laughs> and you know, he's sitting up for a claymore, and he's about to turn around, and then just rolling from out of nowhere, spears him. <sighs> Roman just peers off a frame, and has a spear on it, and it hits a spear on a uh, Drew, not on a Shane. No. And he picks Shane up, hits a tombstone, and Undertaker or Roman win. Luckily, uh, Shane took the thing and not Drew, which oh, is something good. I was hoping that. Yeah. And you, see, you see, that's what it's like. You know, you keep saying you're annoyed because you keep saying "er." Mm-hmm. It's like it's like uh, it's like Mayor Quimby. Uh, you're uh, you're Quimby uh, in it. Eh, uh, oh, yeah. Ah, yeah, <laughs> but like a lot of people thought this was going to lead to like the old rumors where it's Drew v Taker at SummerSlam. Yeah. And this is what it was, how it was going to lead to, uh, and under your dad to work with Drew, but yeah. It's been like two Raws since then. Yeah. And SummerSlam, we've only got another think, two weeks till SummerSlam. Like it's on August 11th. It's about quite early in August this year for a SummerSlam. But yeah, with no Undertaker's new no appearances, there have been no indication that's happening. Because if they were going to do it, they'd want to start building that like, from the Raw. Yeah. After Extreme Rules, yeah, nothing's happened. Like Drew had a decent match with Cedric Alexander on Raw after Extreme Rules. But then Cedric called me a roll up in one. So, which is not really what you as good as Cedric is as a wrestler, it's not the direction you'd think Drew would be in if he was being set up to beat The Undertaker. Yeah. So, I don't really know what Drew's doing. I hope he does have a match at, at SummerSlam. I hope the, the foot has not been taken off the pedal in regard yeah. to him. Because a lot of people are just assuming, like, maybe maybe they were wrong about the whole rumours of Tear Company stuff, but maybe he just wanted one more match to get, take the bad taste out of his mouth from the Saudi Arabia. Bloody Goldberg match. Or maybe they're just holding off. Maybe like the Saudis like are paying them so much money. But like, you know what? We're just gonna keep take her to the next Saudi show, and then Drew can fight him. But then again, I really don't want that either because if it's Saudi and Saudi are paying all this money, they'll want the like all these part timer guys. They'd like to win. They probably probably want to take her to win. But for me, the the match of the night of Extreme Rules was Alistair Black versus Cesaro. Because this was just two guys going in and just beating the shit out of each other. Like I said, what a year. It was a pretty solid match. Yeah. Cesaro uh, went for the neutraliser. Black does the backdrop. 
Zaralan's feet and then does the whole black thing. Black does it to the cross legs. Yeah. Kind of fuck with him. There's a bit where Black went die off to hit a double knees. Cesaro catches him, tosses him up in the air and hits an uppercut. <laughs> and, cool. and then Black <coughs> hits his out from out of nowhere, which is good of it as finisher. He hits the, the Black Mass of spinning back kick. Oh. Basically, he looks like it knocks you the fuck out. Huh. Which is cool. Uh, the New Day won the tag titles. Again? In the triple threat <laughs> match. It was them having to do Brian and Rowan. And actually, they pinned Brian as well. Brian took the pin, which is weird, but... Uh, well, some other Brian, I suppose he probably didn't mind. It was a cool spot. They did it with Big E and Brian that were legal. Brian does his thing. Now he does the thing where he, he runs up the ropes and does the flip. Yeah. He did that, but Big E caught him. And then he did the midnight hour. And, and they pinned Brian. Like, it was a cool spot the way he caught him. And uh, Heavy Machinery actually did a... Had a really good like showing for themselves. Uh, Following on from last one, they had the title shot where he had Otis tease and he was gonna do a dive through the ropes. He springs off the ropes, he dies, steps through the ropes, dies off the apron <laughs> of everybody. Something like that. Uh, Bailey retained. Not much to say about that. Yeah, I just heard it was pretty st- standard fail. Mhm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I say, I can't really think of much else to say about it. Did Becky and, and Seth win their match against Andrade and no, no against uh, Corbin and Corbin and Lacey. Lacey Evans uh, also all the thing was it's a mixed tag so the rule is in a mixed tag men can only fight men women can only fight women and yet it's extreme rules the match so yeah you think it's extreme rules no or no rules except for this one rule <laughs> uh, you get a spot where uh, Lacey and Baron hit beat up Seth with candlesticks yeah. And then uh, Seth grabbed like the candlestick as Lacey swung it at him. He had uh, Becky and Seth diving on both of them through the tables on the outside. They had some decent like moments, but the match went far too long. Far too long. Far, far too long. And the most interesting spot of the match was uh, Becky and Seth are in the ring. Baron sneaks up behind, grabs Becky. That's the way end of days. <laughs> and everybody like, in the crowd just went, holy fuck. And then... Seth just looks like he starts to go mental and he barges him and goes, what are you going to do, you piece of shit? <laughs> and then Seth goes mental, he beats the shit out of him with a chair and he hits him with like, three curb stomps <laughs> and eventually pins him. And well, then, seen that moves back to prominence now. Yeah. And like, all people are like, oh, fucking, Baron Corbin's getting the Brock Lesnar treatment and that it took three curb stomps to beat Lesnar at Mania. Yeah. And now, like, oh, we're supposed to be six three to beat Baron Corbin, like, not that he had to use three curve stomps to beat him. He wanted to hit him with three curve stomps. Uh, wasn't it? Wasn't it? I need it. Was I? You're getting these. Like, like curve stomp. Like, no, that's not enough. Like, you bastard. You hit my girlfriend and that. No. Uh, another one and another one. And that and as he's doing this, he sees you see Lacey slowly walking away and up there. I'm like, I'm getting to fuck out of here. <laughs> and like you had that. Obviously, earlier on the night we had Kofi retaining over Joe. Yeah. Kind of an underwhelming match. I'd heard that was a bit because they had the yeah. whole thing where Joe saying like you've lived off like your your the other new day guys you use them to help you get, get to where you are, and Kofi like oh, I can do it on my own and he did the whole the finger spot. Yeah, he's coming out with the pancakes and he's throwing a bit when he's going up against some more Joe and like so he's like. During the promo, he's getting serious, taking it, yeah. and then he comes out like, and he's just being same like, old like, like if you're 
I liked when they moved up to Mania and like shortly after because it seemed like Kofi and the New Day were finding the balance between the, the usual shenanigans and being serious. Yeah. And then just, nah, this is the usual, usual New Day entrance, throw pancakes out the crowd. Do you think that was a, that was a backstage thing though? I think so because it seemed like as much as they were building this match, it did seem like a, a stop off. Usually like, it's a B show, we need a credible challenger. So you've challenged the title before and you can usually regain your credibility pretty pretty soon. Let's have you fight Kofi. And I should badly build it up though. And then you draw... And then like you say legitly go build, 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 make Kofi quite yeah. serious, you got the finger yeah. spot and then like you say he comes out and he's back to normal. Regular old Kofi. And then you had Kofi like getting worked over a lot and then just out of nowhere, trouble in paradise and like I'm not fine with, with the Trump Powers like getting the win, but like it came out of nowhere and the match didn't seem like it'd been going that long. Yeah. It's like one, two, three. Was that it? Just one, one, and then we're done. That's Joe beat. Are you sort of like, um, that was it? I know, like, yeah. I don't think with Joe being as portrayed as a killer, do you think it'd take more than that to beat him? Mm. Like, cause you, or if not, when, when a lot of Joe's like big losses, he's usually like caught out of nowhere with something, with like a roll off and taken by surprise, where it's just. Oh, random trouble in paradise, that's it now. Mm. It just, it seemed an old during the promo, that a lot of the stuff, like Joe's promo work in it, yeah. a lot of that seemed to go mm-hmm. nowhere anyway. Yeah, I know. You know, like he made all that stuff like, I'm going to get to your people and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And he never got to any people. I know. And he made all these threats and like you say, coffee, gives him a finger and you think it's going to be quite, like, back in the day, and I'm talk- I'm even talking back in like the whole like early thousands. Yeah. You know, like mid thousands kind of thing. Back in the day if you were gonna work a promo like that and make it seem serious. Yeah. Perfect example. Sean V Triple H, mm-hmm. SummerSlam O two. Yeah. That was some supremely good promo work between they two. And the match Paid off, I yeah. think, you know what I mean? That was one of Sean's better matches when he I came know. back, I thought. Because, like, you see him doing some of the stuff that he does, he takes all that damage to the back, he doesn't mm. spot off the ladder and that, like, you think this is a guy's, wasn't well, his first match, he did a, a match at when he's a developmental somewhere, WWE was doing yeah, it, yeah. but, like, his first proper period match in four years, and you wouldn't really know it. I mean, that bit during the match when Triple H smacks him on the back with a... You know when, when he did, gives him the backbreaker yeah. onto the two chairs and he hears Sean Aye, screaming. screaming, you're like, ah, fuck, like, they'll see, like, the perceived hatred between the yeah. two of them mm-hmm. for that match. That, that's the kind of promo work could get. You get to that kind of match and you're going, you're on the edge of your seat going, ah, fuck, <laughs> you know, at least two hate each other, okay. you know. But then you get the Joe and Kofi thing and you're like, Oh, this is tense, this is tense. Oh, look, pancakes, yay! <laughs> and Joe's part are going nowhere. I think everybody would have, everybody's, uh, well, man. <laughs> so, we could have called it the idle threats and pancakes match. <laughs> <laughs> well, it might as well, there wasn't any real stipulation to uh, it. Idle threats and pancakes. <laughs> but everybody said, like, up until the very ending of the pay per view, it was going well. I'd say up until the last two matches, it was going well because the last two matches were that. Yeah. And the the mixed tag match, which had its spots, but still went far too long. Mm. And like the Kofi thing, I think you just wanted Kofi to what get this this defense out of the way, so you could have the story of all three members of the New Day are holding gold now. 
You and knew it wasn't going to be long before that happened. Yeah, probably. You know, and I mean, every time the new day get the titles, they still employ that freeboard rule. Yeah, and so you got to wonder, Kofi technically a dual champion? I think I would say technically. Yeah, technically. So I'm pretty sure I've seen somewhere where somebody said that it, it built it built him as a champion, as a tie champion. Yeah. So he could be a dual champion. If so, you think they'd think they'd acknowledge it, you know? I think so, but sometimes the WWE just don't. Don't. Yeah. Uh, is there, there is no there is no rhyme or reason for it. They just don't. And at least at least it's like because he's part of a group and not like when a when the world champion usually wins a tie title while they've got the belt. It's just usually just to further a feud like they've yeah. won it with the person they're feuding with for no reason. Yeah. Like they used to do that a lot. Like they had Taker and Austin win the belt. Did Cena and Michaels win the belts? Mm. For a while, like they both went into WrestleMania, the WrestleMania match with the belts. Sure. And then they lost them to the Hardys. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, well, but yeah, I think what people what they hate about the show and what they'll unfortunately remember about the show is the ending, because uh, it was Brock Lesnar's cashing. Yeah. And I was just thinking, like, my God, Brock Lesnar is a three-time. Universal champion. That's three times that Bastos held that belt. Yeah. And then they had Lesnar or uh, Heyman cutting that promo in the Raw afterwards. Going, I even made reference to his new position, saying like, "I don't know if you know this, but I'm the guy with all the stroke around here now." <laughs> and uh, they they announced this all. No, it was just really long keyword day. Like thing, have you ever seen a video or an article there where they try to shove so many keywords in yeah. to help people see it? Like it was top ten all star branded battle royal shit. <laughs> but it was a ten man battle royal where all these major, these believable names from different brands yeah. to German number one contender for SummerSlam. Sorry, I just forgot a match that a lot of people were actually surprised with. It was very good. It was a uh, Lashley v Strowman last man standing. Oh, decent. Yeah, they brought yeah. they brought her in there and they brought up to the concession stand. I brought that in and then there was they went through the crowd and then there was this thing set up. <sighs> Clearly, you could tell it's probably cardboard in it, but yeah. Lashley, uh, Truman slammed Lashley off that, off the off part of the stage, but near where the crowd was through this thing, and they just see this wall and the referee starts counting, even though he can't see them. Yeah. And Braun just bursts through the wall and just. Uh, <laughs> And a lot of people joked he's like the Kool Aid guy for Family Guy. Just oh, oh yeah! yeah. <laughs> Can everybody stop saying oh no in this courtroom? Like, fucking Kool Aid. Can everyone you... stop saying oh no in here? Because the fucking Kool Aid guy's guess. gonna keep, keep showing up. No, I, I actually saw it as as in like the Kool Aid guy. I thought yeah, they open in a shrek when Spanner just starts and he bursts out the outhouse. The door swings open. Which one? The first the first shrek. Oh. When he's reading the story and he comes out the outhouse. The first time you see Shrek. And the music starts. Oh, right. That's what I thought. It's been a long time since I've watched Shrek. I just want somebody to edit that, just the music from that, just as he's, boom, as he's bursting through the wall. Yeah. I just, I like, what did you mention, the Kool-Aid guy? Yeah. I love that one you're talking about when he bricks out the courtroom and he's like, oh yeah, and then he's like, back out. <laughs> back out. Right, so I mentioned it because they were in the battle. It was Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn, who had originally been advertised as uh, Daniel Bryan, but and Jamie uh, Major, the soon-to-be Friar production team. <laughs> uh, Sami Zayn, Strowman, Lashley, Biggie, Cesaro, 
<sighs> Randy Orton, uh, Corbin, and there was a, I'm thinking I'm missing the last name. Ray Mysterio, that was the last name. There's plenty of solid uh, names. Names. And it, was, it, was, it was actually a decent battle royal. There were some really good moments in it. And weirdly, it came to Seth and Randy, and people were actually chanting Randy. Yeah, yeah. People were actually, people were actually relatively Randy versus Lesnar than Seth Lesnar again, and then somebody pointed out like, oh, some people, somebody pointed out in defense of this match, like in this actual feud, they really haven't actually had a proper match because they had the whole two minute thing at WrestleMania, they had the cash in, and even like before then they had that match with Battleground, but never had a clear finish because the Undertaker got involved. Mm. So actually, when you think about it, hasn't been a clear cut. One on one match with a clear finish nah. between Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar, and you know that's going to probably main event uh, SummerSlam. And I don't like Seth's chances because mm. I don't think they'd put the belt back on Brock just to take it back off him a month later. Like maybe they did it just to increase ticket sales for SummerSlam. They may though, have done, you even know. though they probably they probably sold the majority of the tickets anyway. Yeah, and. I don't know why they did but it. But no, we may have done. It's one of the things, like, I can't explain why they did it. It's probably... It's probably money. It's <laughs> always things. money. Yes. Probably money. It's always. But I, I tend to disagree with you. What? Well, I, I think... I'm not, like, disagreeing excessively. I, just, I think Seth has a reasonably decent chance to take the belt from him. Alright. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm, I'm not saying it doesn't have a chance, but given like the whole thing where someone's taking the belt off them and then they get the rematch, it's rare that Berzin gets their belt back immediately. Yeah, but look, I mean, there's also the possibility mm-hmm. that there could be a, a, a third party, you know, someone getting themselves involved. Involved. Who knows? Who that could be. I don't know. Who knows? If I was to me, I guess I'd say someone like a Matt Riddle, but word is he's apparently... They're not in any rush to bring him up from NXT. Nah. Nah. Who's he, Matt Riddle again? What? Who is Matt Riddle? Uh, the, I mean, the UFC guy, the guy that kind of, kind of laid back. He was, some of his wins were kind of, uh, he lost some of his wins from UFC because he was doing some weed. Nah. Oh, <laughs> really oh, back. He, as soon as you hear him speak, you're like, yeah, you're definitely a weed guy. Is, like, is, he's he calling, like, a, is he like a Rob Van Damme? Uh, like, he calls everybody bro. His name's the original bro. <laughs> cool. He wrestles in bare feet and just like trunks. He wrestles like knee knee pads and everything. Sure. He's a guy. He's, he's a guy that uh, I tell you he he slagged off Goldberg. That's Super Showdown. Uh, Call him. You're the worst wrestler in the history of the business. That's not an opinion, bro. That's a fact. What <laughs> uh, is your opinion on this? Uh, we had a women's match and it was a fatal four way. To determine the number one contender for Becky Lynch's Raw Women's Title at SummerSlam. Yeah. It was Carmella versus Alexa Bliss versus Natalia versus Naomi. Yeah. And I don't think it helped the fact that a lot of these women really haven't been featured that much because they've kind of been like Becky Lacey and Alexa Bliss and uh, Alexa Bliss and Nick Cross v Bailey. Yeah. And that's our main women's thing. We don't we haven't featured many other women. No, I mean Naomi was pro- prominent for a while, but yeah. More like, so on SmackDown. Right. The only other prominent women I've been on SmackDown where like Ember Moon's been involved in this weird feud with Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. I've but, seen that. Yeah. And, 
people point out like Carmella, her only real screw time is when she's on screen with Truth helping him helping him avoid people trying to take his twenty four seven title from him. Yeah. And so there's that. But like we had the match, it was elimination and it went like twenty four minutes. So yeah. we gave them a decent amount of time. Which is always good when they get decent time. But there were a lot of like rest spots and it was and there, a lot, there was a period of time where there weren't a lot of exciting moves, so the crowd started to get a little kind of, bored. The, the crowd kind of turned on the match. Yeah, started I, chatting, this is awful. I had Born. heard that Alexa, Alexa Bliss had commented on Twitter that, yeah. about the, the quite mm-hmm. nasty comments that were getting in regards to it. And so, there's always this argument when stuff like this happens and the idea that some people think, oh, these fans are being disrespectful and other people say, well, I paid my money, I can do what I want. Yeah, well, see, that, that layer... That layer is an attitude that really annoys me. What, that I bought my tickets so I can do what I want? Yeah, that is fucking pish, man. Yeah. You know, you bought your ticket, but there's such a thing as having respect for the people you're going to see. There's one, there's one thing you sent boring, but then the fairies just start, like, trying to... You know what crowds were when they start chanting things, things that don't have anything to do with the match? Yeah. Like, there was one they start, point they started chanting, let's go see us, see us sucks. They started chanting Becky because Becky was sitting at ringside. See, that's just as bad as, like, you know, like when the when the bar match was happening a good while back. Aye. The bar, I can't remember who they were fighting, but oh, somebody the started throwing oh, the beach ball. Against, it was against Seth and Dean. Yeah. And so they all went ripped up. Quite and, right. became, and became a hero to all of us. <laughs> <laughs> well, except the guy who brought that beach ball, but. Who to everyone's way, you holding on to the beach ball, you suddenly see Cesaro running towards I you. I doubt very much. I doubt very much that that guy would dare. Cuss out or talk back to Cesaro. Know, like, Cesaro no, would kill him. And you're holding the beach ball, and then suddenly Cesaro would run towards you, like, oh <laughs> shit. I would pass it to you. <laughs> I would pass it back to you. Like, it was his! No, it was his! <laughs> We're sorry. We're not worthy. <laughs> Don't kill us. But, uh, yeah, eventually it came to Alexa and Natalia. Natalia actually got the win and she's like she cuts this whole like at first she seems like all happy that she went like oh like me and Becky go back a long way I'm very excited to be fighting Becky and then Becky gets in the ring and's like no Natalia like if you think going to this match that you're fighting your friend you're wrong because I'll do whatever it takes to hold on this belt mm. or something like she went something about I'm not a lover I'm a fighter or something like that something like that, something about that. or like mm. or she said something about a love life or that and then Natalia snapped back at her like, well, you must not be a very good lover, and then called her a bitch. And she <laughs> Natalia just suddenly annoyed, like, where the fuck did this side of Natalia come from? Yeah. You started talking back to her, and like, I will, you try and mess with me, I'll rip out that greasy, orange-looking hair right off your head. <laughs> She's like, fucking fair dues, Natalia. Yeah. Like, and I hope... Get that, her I want, I want, hopefully, Natalia, because a lot of people have credited Natalia, like, some of the women on the road have credited Natalia and helping them get better in ring-wise. Mm-hmm. So I want to tell you, Princess, like I'm helping a lot of these women that you see on TV, and yet I'm being the one being left behind. I'm the one that doesn't get featured and all that, and mm. like I've been here longer than anybody, and I deserve respect. <laughs> it would probably help, I'm telling you, to like angry up a character a bit. Yeah, and some matches. Because Natalia, I've always thought, great worker, yeah, great, great wrestle, mm-hmm. great wrestle. Of course. I mean. Wait, was he fucking comes with? Of course, yeah, he's going to be a great wrestler. But much like her dynasty, mm-hmm. 
She's dull as shit. She struggles with her character, definitely. She's so dull. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they can fire her up, make her a bit heelish, make her even like a Randy Orton, kind of like a, just uh-huh. a angry type. Uh-huh. Well, actually, Scratch, I know like a, a Randy Orton because he's dull as shit at times and she doesn't need to be any more dull. <laughs> You know, but make make her intense, make her, mm-hmm. you know. I get what you're saying. And I don't know about you, we were talking a lot about Becky in the lead up to WrestleMania, about the man, and like, as long as they have Becky win, she was the right person to win, then they've got a good WrestleMania, and she did win in the end. Yeah. I don't know about Domino, man. I think, I think I'm kind of over it. Yeah. I think I'm kind of over the whole Becky thing. Mm-hmm. She she needs to stop calling people dopes and promos because it's not cool, it's not funny, it's just stupid. Yeah. And she always, I don't know what it is, but her facial expressions, she always has that look on her face like she's not taking anything. Like when someone's cutting a promo on her, like surely you're may like always have a right retort, like not let your phone like make you look too stupid and all that. She never looks like she's taking anything anybody else is saying seriously. She always has that look on her face like I am not taking anything seriously here mm. from my opponent. I'm just waiting until I can make a witty comeback. Which, or, which or, makes the opponent look bad as well. Yeah. You know. or I'm just waiting until I can get on Twitter and talk shit because that's all I'm good for now. Mm. Like, I remember Seth isn't much better, you know. Yeah, probably not. I mean, he, he's one that annoys the shit out of me in no, the face. No, he's getting into arguments on Twitter with Will Ospreay mm. <laughs> and making himself look stupid by talking about his bank account. <laughs> But then apparently rumour is that Paul Heyman took him aside and like, maybe the top guy knew, but you know that spot can be taken away, so you know what, why isn't that your ideas? So, <laughs> I don't know, those probably weren't the exact words, but it was all in those lines. Mm. And apparently then, shortly after that, shortly around the time that Seth said to you, basically apologising for how he'd been acting. <laughs> so, you know. Sorry, Mr Heyman, <laughs> sorry. And... A moment that happened last week on Raw, which I know you want to talk about, Paul. Hell yeah. We had a weird match with Joe and Finn, where Finn got rolled up like within a minute. Lost. Aye. And then he weirdly got his heat back, and then he's celebrating even though he lost. And then just... Yeah, distorted the, sound effect happened. The music started to die out very weirdly. The lights started slowly going off. Yeah. Now. And then it sounded like somebody was fighting Finn in the and ring. Hear, and then like, some flickering lights come on, and it's the it's Fiend. It's the Fiend. They close up, you see the mask and everything, and then lights come back on, he's holding Finn in the Sister Abigail position. And then the lights come up, and I swear, he looks awesome now. And I don't just mean he's imagine he's look, he looks trim, solid now. Like, like I, I noticed that a bit, like, how he's lost weight, and I saw the photos, but not till you see the ring, you know, it's like, he's looking trim as fuck, right? Totally, I mean, like, you wouldn't have seen Bray in a jacket like that back no. then because he was, mm-hmm. he was a wrestler, a wrestler of a larger persuasion. Uh-huh. You know, he was like he was like a big bull, uh-huh. huge names, huge and got. Yeah. Now he's solid as shit. Looking. Yeah. And hopefully, like I know, I don't think the whole I know image is probably a big thing in WWE and it has been for years. I don't know if it is as big now as it used to be. I don't. I'm not around. I don't know how much they fight. How important they still find it. But hopefully, if he's now trimmed down, hopefully he's like, see, I got back together. I did the muscle man dance. <laughs> <laughs> I don't look like Huskis the pig boy anymore. <laughs> but yeah, he hits Finn with the out. Abigail. They have this flashing lights zooming in on the Finn fiend mask, mm. and you see the the him laughing. Eyes. Aye. 
you just hear him laughing over the tannoy like yep apparently finn is put in for time off after SummerSlam. Yay. Because he's apparently, I think he's getting engaged, so oh. probably, has, probably has that to deal with. And also, he's been on the road for quite a while. He's probably like, I could deal with some time off. Mm. So I'm hopeful that maybe the Fiend beats Finn at SummerSlam, just regular Finn, and then we can maybe resume the feed months later when whenever Finn decides to come back. Mm. So you never know. Like, at least hopefully that means there's one, because Finn at oh. Bray a strong, like, pay-per-view went right off the bat if you're thinking about it though right mm-hmm. the demon mm-hmm. ball beat Bray yes so the fiend I would assume if the, if the feud is to reverse itself yes the fiend has to beat the demon yeah I'm not curious like he's made two appearances now both as the fiend well, should, we, was, should we discuss the second appearance I'll, I'll discuss that in a time but I wonder like you think we'll ever see him making a, a regular appearance on Raw as Funhouse sweater wearing Bray, or think he'll usually just appear as the fiend? Because oh. like, because you compare like the Finn, you see him more regularly than you see the demon. But you think we'll see the demon, the the fiend, more often than we see regular Funhouse Bray? I think we will see the regular Funhouse Bray, mm-hmm. but more so during promos. Yeah, you know, like like I say, I've heard with Vince. And a lot of people want that to really fucking go. Mm-hmm. And from reacting myself and from watching a lot of other people react, it seems to be very fucking... Yeah. You know, people are freaking the fuck out, yeah. you know? And, like, you've got a lot... Of, well, you've got Bray, who's obviously heavily involved. He obviously believes in it. You've got Bruce Pritchard working backstage. You've got Paul Heyman as the main creative guy yeah. backstage at Raw. So he's got good people working with him. Hell yeah. To help him make and- his gimmick work. And it's not often, it's definitely not often you'll hear me say this, but congrats to Vince McMahon. Because mm-hmm. I heard after the first uh, Firefly Funhouse promo, yeah. the execs were wanting it canned. Uh-huh. The executives were wanting it shit canned, and Vince McMahon was like, key it time. Uh, like it's I heard, good. I heard there was somebody that's worried about the whole the segment where there was all the children sitting there. <coughs> like, I think all, it was going to be another seven situation. Probably like the whole like there may be his fireflies. They have been brainwashed yeah, 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 to follow yeah. the leader and all that, and like so like that's the whole part of the gimmick, and that would have really affected it if they really if they try to make changes there after that because of that. Yeah, that would have really hurt the gimmick. The best way the best way for Bray's gimmick just to to work is to leave it the fuck alone. Yeah, let Bray, let Bray like organically bring this thing forward. Do you know what I mean? Because if anybody's going to be able to do it right, mm-hmm. it's Bray. Yeah, the guy has got a, the guy has got a great mind for psychology and wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like everybody always compares him to like Jake Roberts and I can see that things like yeah. that because he knows how to. Mm-hmm. And they're both very softly spoken when they when they do their promos mm. as well. Rare, it's rare, rare that Bray does raise his voice occasionally, but it was very rare, and you very rarely, rarely heard Jake Roberts raise his voice either when he mm. did a promo. And even when he did, he had that raspy thing going uh-huh. on. You know what I mean? So well. You know what, Jake Roberts has had his trouble, so you probably know what caused that. He's Yes. <laughs> I just love that response. Yes. It was it was the government, it was the man that fucked him up, man. Yes, it was definitely wasn't the years of smoking crack or anything. No, no, no. That was that was just a mild habit. <laughs> but like I remember it almost completely destroyed him. Yes. But thank you, D thankfully not, thanks to DDP. 
Yes, good old fucking DVP. He's like Superman with a goatee. <laughs> well, I, uh, I, I get what you mean. I get what you're saying about how the we'll probably see the Firefly version of Bray whenever like he's cutting promos. Like maybe we'll see him just cutting the promo a pre-tape and he's wee betting. Then we'll see like flashes like the screen of the start and you'll see cut yeah. between him and the fiend and all that. And or like the f- I'm not gonna hurt you, but the fiend. <laughs> So with all his second appearance, he had Mick Foley coming out uh, for a Raw reunion, yeah. which is apparently a whole like. <coughs> Sorry, we had apparently a Raw reunion when we get all the old duffers that don't get any TV time and bring them out to parade them in front of the fans who most of the time don't care anyway. Like they had apparently it was a whole USA network thing they wanted that or they thought it boost ratings. I don't know if it has, but. Anyway, he had come out and he talked about all the great moments he's had on Monday Night Raw as a whole, right here in wherever we are. Yeah. I remember he teased... We're on the couch. Shut up. He teased on Twitter that he was going to come to Raw and take back the and take the 24-7 title because he put up a photo of him when he unveiled it. Like, I'm not coming just to for the reunion. I'm coming to get my baby back or something mm-hmm. like that. But he, he was in there cutting his promo and then the tsh, lights yeah, start he, going out. He, he was going to say his favourite moment was when he went and won the title on Raw. Aye. And it showed you the footage of like DX holding him up for the belt, blah blah blah. And then like you say the screen kinda like it was like the picture gets sucked off the screen mm-hmm. kinda deal. And then it just went and then the light starts the power off. goes again, everything goes up and he's like, ah crud. And then And then no noise in the ring as such, but Aye. just I think we heard Foley going what's happening? And then, whew, flash. Yeah. He's there, and this time he uses the mandible clock. I was going to point out something interesting about this this particular promo and all. I think I know the one you're going to say, but go ahead. The fiend when he came out the first time, mm-hmm. it just he hid Finn Balor. Aye, he had hit him, mm-hmm. laughed. What was it? I think I know what you're he comes say. out now, and he had both hands he up. Had, he had the gloves. The hut and the heel. Aye, and he went. Then he just went. He moved one away and then he just had the heart the hot one and then he just launched himself at McFoley. It's, it's as if he was mm-hmm. playing with his own mind. He was like hot heel and then he just went like that and he just launched it. I mean, I thought that was really, really cool. Aye. And then he used the man over because obviously El McFoley can really take bumps anymore so he, nah. couldn't, he couldn't have taken the sister Abigail. <laughs> There's no way you could make that. But actually, no we talked about this before we started recording, like the idea of maybe fit of Bray using the Man of McClough going forward, because I think his gimmick, it would suit, uh, and I don't think Foley would mind a character like Bray's having that, because I think the creepiness of that gimmick, you were talking about suits the whole the old boiler room, ripping his head out version of Mankind that we used to see. The proper version. Uh, in the mid-90s when he debuted, and he had the feud with The Undertaker. Yes, the proper version. That'd be cool. Like... Because a lot of people were confused when Bray returned and hit Finn with Sister Abigail because they were assuming that he would return with a new finisher. This is like but like Sister Abigail's a cool looking finisher. It's a fucking it, it, looks, it looks like it hurts, so yeah. you can imagine. Yeah, I bet considering that Bray's in shape, it'll hurt a lot more. And plus, the way he does it, he can pro- way he's mainly in control, he can probably do it safely enough. Yeah. That he doesn't do too, too much damage to his opponent. But make it look. But look, make it look like good. it hurts. Yeah. And also, it's all about how the way the opponent sells it as well. True. Ask Dolph, he knows yeah. how to sell it. Yeah. But no, it's like, I see what you're saying, like, new character, new person, 
mm-hmm. should be a new finisher or a classic what? finisher is what that would be. Possibly, but I like the idea of him using, like, it won't be shit as when Kane first returned in his mask and he started using this weird choke thing that he used to, used to do, like, he used to, may as well just got a rag with fucking chloroform the way he was choking people. Well, like, like, it's going to be like, strip. it's going to be like, does this smell funny to you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm very happy to see Bray and I'm very looking forward to where he goes for here. I'm, yeah. I'm sure you are. Well, like I say, I hear SummerSlams on the card for The Fiend. Yeah. I would assume, well, I would hope that it go, only goes from strength to strength from SummerSlam onwards. Yeah. Because you know? yeah. obviously, I mean, how long have we got for SummerSlam? Uh, it's only a couple of weeks. But I'd say he's got to be making a few more mm-hmm. appearances before then. Yeah, because I don't think they really mentioned the the whole Finn thing. I don't think Finn was even on Raw. No, that ne- the canny. Well, I think he was. I think he's a Raw guy. He's, te- he's technically a SmackDown guy, yet he was on Raw. Aye, but the canny, the have him turn up. <laughs> I do think he's Finn. Aye. And then they let Finlay always do, you know, get you invested in something and then ignore it. Or maybe Finn's like, maybe if Finn doesn't show, maybe that was the way to write him out. Maybe. And maybe Finn, this is gonna be bracing for food. He shows up. You never know where the Fiend's gonna show up. But saying that, if that was to write Finn out, that's a pretty weak ass way to write him out. Probably, but then again, we don't see what happened. We didn't see what happened when the lights were out. True, true. And a lot of people also under. They seem to be making him a heel character, and it definitely looks like a heel character. Because, like, also. Mm. Aye, because yeah. people are like, he's going to get a pop though when he comes back, because everybody's into this gimmick. But he's a feared, and I think they're doing everything they might make him look like a heel, because he attacks Finn, who's the face. He attacked Mick, who is a legend and also can't defend himself because he can't, he's not clear to wrestle he's anymore. A, he's a happy beardy old uh, man. And he can't really defend himself, so by making Bray look like a heel. But maybe people need a heel. Yeah, definitely. But I want to talk about something that's been really entertaining the last couple of weeks, the 24-7 championship. Uh, Don't worry, it's been fun and once you hear this you'll laugh as well. I I heard it. Like, I'll, I, tell you what, I'll tell you what happened. First Drew Maverick won it, right? He went on his honeymoon and all the videos he keeps posting of him and his wife, he's always got the belt with him. He takes photos where but he's covered his wife's face with the belt. And but his wife only consummated his marriage until he can get and then he he's in a hotel room, he's trying to sneak a bit, he goes, he's checked down under Mr. and Mrs. Twenty Four Seven Championship. <laughs> and every time Arthur sees him he thinks Drew Maverick is hornswoggle. <laughs> Which I'm learning like did they really miss an opportunity not to have a hornswoggle a great Maverick segment on Raw and then have our truth show up and not know who's who. <laughs> anyway, they had him take in and then he's and there he's like he's got the title belt around his his waist and like yeah our truth sneaker he goes up to the guy at the desk like do you have a gift by the name of Hornswaggle? Sure guy carrying a twenty four seven European championship and then the guy a room service guy comes out of the room like wait a minute you're not you're not a room service you're a referee and then under the we got he rolled in our troop shows up and he just does a cross body onto the bed and pins straight Maverick for the belt and burgers off. Hmm. And it cuts back to commentary and uh, Renee goes, Can you believe what truth did to get the belt back? And then uh Corey Goose goes, Yeah, you probably utilized a small package. <laughs> and then you see Renee and Michael Gold struggling to hold it together to sleep. <laughs> and then they had Comic Con last week, so our truth went to Comic Con with the title. Mm. So hopefully he could hide. But then Drake Maverick heard about it and went down with him, so there's always about him walking around the convention floor as it wanted, pose like, have you seen this man? Uh-uh. Have you see this man? Let me know. 
and the archer tries to say, I need a disguise, so he dresses up as a penguin. He's still walking about with the 24-7 title. Dressed as a penguin. Yes. But I love Arthur. I know. And then he went on IGN, he was being interviewed, and then the hurricane uh, appeared. Uh, he just appeared like, like, you look just like the hurricane, but you're a little pudgier though. Uh, and he's like, then John Cohen comes in like, you look, you look just like a referee we have called John Cohen, but he's blonde. He's uh, not, he's thinking of Charles Robinson. And then the hurricane tries to roll off Arthur, he didn't win the title sadly. And, uh, he, just, and he just goes, what about that? And just dives away. And then Duke Maverick comes in, tries to roll him up, and then Arthur kicks it and he runs away. <laughs> and uh, Duke Maverick dressed up as a banana with a Randy Savage mask. <laughs> and he invaded the WWE Mattel panel, which was being hosted by Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. Yeah. Because they've got, well, I guess, all the collecting uh, classic wrestling figures. Woo! And Zack Ryder is like, he's got like, apparently rooms and he's just filled with these action figures. He's the king of figures. I uh, like. The whole, the whole thing where they go to a new store and they're like, where Kurt Hawkins is more cautious, but he's pretty like, if he, if he buys something, like, I'm going to buy this because there's a reason for it. Like, I need to leave with something, I need to buy this. Oh, this looks cool. <laughs> and, he usually, and he'll pay like, a, probably more money than he should for some of his shit. Anyway, Are you he, talking to Zack Ryder? Aye. So he probably pays his WWE wage packet on wrestling figures? Probably. Uh, That's he, probably all they pay him anyway, enough for a couple of toys. Aye. There's your pocket money, Zach. <laughs> then Drake shows up to the panel and they can easily see that like, are you Drake Maverick? Because he asked the question but Arthur then takes his mask off and like, please help me find Arthur and he sends hand out the posters like, I haven't, I've still not consummated my marriage, it's ruining my life. And people <laughs> laugh because, we are laughing at? I'm more closer to it than any of you, you nerds. <laughs> <laughs> Which I love that line. And then we had Raw Reunion where the Drake Maverick's wife came up to Arthur while he and Carmel were being interviewed. It's like, you've ruined our honeymoon, you've ruined our wedding and that. And then Drew Maverick took the opportunity to roll him up. And he's like, I finally got the bill. <laughs> yes. And then he goes to the, dress, the locker room to get his bag. He opens the bag up. There's worms in it and the boogeyman appears. <laughs> he makes him shake it and he falls out. And then Pat Patterson comes in and he just starts stomping them like, referee. And he just, well, I think friends on top of him. Pat Patterson wins the bill. And then he gets sneak attacked by Gerald Briscoe. And Gerald Briscoe wins the bill. He goes, he looks like goes, you stooge, takes one and no one. <laughs> and then he goes when he meets Kelly Kelly. Kelly Kelly puts Gerald Briscoe, she wins the belt. Oh, and then she runs into Candice Michelle and Molina. And then Molina goes, oh, just tell them how I got my licence. What licence? She runs up to her top, she's got a referee shirt on. Then Candice Michelle rolls her up. Molina makes the count, she's a referee. So then, and then Alondra Blaze comes out and chokes. Chokes out Candice, she's the champion. Oh, and she appears on the uh, the ramp. She tries. To, she threatens to throw the belt in a bin. Like she's out the WWF the Women's title. Oh, and then Teddy Riata came out and bought the belt off her. <laughs> and then like he's laughing. Everybody's got a price and all that. And he gets into the his limo. You know he hears this banging and all that. And then this dream ever pops it with the belt like yeah. <laughs> and then he's getting his wife into the limo. Like she gets in, he goes again. Arthur's cutting some behind him, rolls him up. Like, yeah, like Maven, Christian, the taxi. So basically, all all that, like, eight or nine different champions, all to end up back on our truth. Like, yep. Which is what happened with Maven. I know. And I love that, like, this is, like, a good use of the lines, like, have them win the daft, like, comedy belt, and then get involved with our truth and Dream Havoc, who <laughs> really do a lot of funny stuff on Twitter and on social media with the belt. 
I'll see you. You're gracious involved with that. I really, I'm really enjoying it. Like, apparently it's getting a lot of great views online. Oh, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad somebody is. Well, I'm not the only one. I've seen a lot of people. I don't know why you're so against it. Like, it's just a bit of fun. It's something different on the show. And it's actually using the legends effectively. Yeah. What? It's just dumb. Why is it dumb? Why? Because it's not the hardcore title. No, it's, that was dumb too. What is it then? The whole concept of all these ones that can't really get anywhere running about with dickheads. And... Well, it gets them on TV, allows them to do something creative and our truth's hilarious and he's the perfect guy to have the belt. Eh. Uh, yeah, you're no fun. No, I'm not. No, you're not. And when people try and make me fun, I, I'm more eh. Well, well, I'm, well, I think it's fun. And I know you know WWE, they're all about hits and all that, and this is getting them hits at the moment online, these 24 7 title segments. Yeah. So, I think like last week, uh, on last week's Raw on their YouTube, the segment with R Truth uh, getting the belt back from Drake Maverick in the hotel room and Ray Riot's return was the two, like, the two of the videos with the highest views. That would definitely get Bray some serious heat, proper. Yeah. Well, you know how it's all been light hearted kind of shit with the 24 7 title? Yeah. If he found Drake, Mag- Drake Maverick or mm-hmm. Truth and really messed either one of them up, Aye. that would get him some heat, I think. Probably. You know, because Drake Maverick, he's a happy-go-lucky scamp Aye. with his, with his, with the, trying to get his hold. Aye. You know, and R-Truth <laughs> was just that crazy cookie R-Truth. You know, the, the whole idea where it used to be like everybody had a story, even if it was a weird story. Drake Maverick's main story right now is, I'm trying to get my hole off my life. <laughs> And also, he's got a thing on Two or Five Live where, like, he's he's struggling to handle like the responsibility of being GM of Two or Five Live, and also wrestle, and also like going after the twenty four seven title. And he said the old members of the roster like saying like you're doing a terrible job as GM. Like, you need someone who can actually handle things around you. Yeah. He's actually going to be competing a match against Mike Kanellis next week on Two or Five Live, and <laughs> if Mike wins, he'll earn a cruiserweight title match. Nice. Which a lot, which seems weird. Him and Max, you forget like he's been a wrestler for years. He wrestled in TNA and all over the UK. Do you think he's? Do you think he's really happy? Like no many people call him Spud anymore. I think he was his mate. I think he may have been his idea to be Spud. Spud. Anyway, he's he was mainly involved in like comedy angles anyway, so he probably wanted a funny sounding name. He was in that angle where he was sort of EC 3s bitch. Yeah, and then he basically, up, and then he finally stood up to him yeah. and got his fucking. Got to beat the shit out of him. Yeah, I remember that. I don't know why they haven't involved EC3 in this whole thing. Like, have him get more involved rather than just running a bit. Because you can quite clearly see when he comes out, he's bored as shit. Oh, yeah. He's just counting the days in his contract right now. Yeah. Do you think if he, when he gets a chance, he'll go to AEW? I don't know. If we'll take him. I mean, he's a good wrestler. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm. I remember EC3 mm-hmm. when I briefly watched, Challenge, uh, watched TNA on Challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to talk about SummerSlam because I think we've actually st- we're starting to get a picture of what the card might look like. Yeah, well, one will definitely be Bray and Finn. I, I would say. Well, some so. of the matches have been confirmed. Some of them are just judging by what stuff that's happened on TV. So the confirmed matches are obviously Brock, Seth, and Becky and Tyler because they had the normal contender matches. Probably Bray Finn, as you said. Uh, Bailey challenged Ember Minty a match after they both won a tag match. So that. Do you believe uh, New Day will be defending? Probably, I don't know who against, but... Do you believe Kofi will be defending? Well, yeah, he's 
No, it'll be this weekend. But apparently, after a six-round tag, it'll be Randy versus Kofi. Oh. And I think it's in because it's now ten years, almost ten years, almost since the whole stupid. Yeah, I remember that. And Kofi was starting to get his boost, and then that all went to shit. Thanks to Randy. Probably because of Randy. So when yeah. And if they don't take advantage of that and that of using that as part of the story, then what's the whole point? Yeah. And. I mean, when Kofi was starting, the whole Kofi Mania thing was starting, you were in a match involving Randy, and Kofi yelled, I'm stupid. Uh, so yeah, you'll probably have uh, maybe AJ Ricochet in a rematch. Uh, the Kabuki Warriors, aka Asuka and Kyrie Sane. I know it's a week, another shitty tag name against Iconics, because they had a title match on Smiden, but then the Iconics got themselves counted out to keep on the belts. Mm. And I want to talk about this segment a few weeks ago. They seemed like they were Really, Paige really, it seemed to me, buried the Iconics with what she called them. She's called them, like, overhyped, she called them cowards and all this other shit. Like, all right, hen, lighten up a bit. <laughs> like, and also, like, they were, like, because they were trying to get out of a match by saying they were sick. Oh, Billy, Billy's very sick. What's she got? And then one of them goes to say mad cow disease, the other one says bird flu at the same time. Yeah, mad bird cow flu disease. Very rare, it's very contagious. Mad bird cow flu disease. Ah, uh, sorry. Uh, well, Ali had a confrontation with Sinsuke backstage, so maybe they two for the Intercontinental title. Maybe. Uh, Drew Gerlach will probably defend the Cruiserweight title against two. Who knows? Maybe Mick Kennellis if he wins his match. Mm. Or Drew Maverick might be somebody else. Although then it would be two heels going into a match. So. Uh, well. Uh, uh, will probably be defending. It could be a triple threat, like I said earlier. Like, well, it's gonna be a. Let's just face it, like, with all big four, especially with SummerSlam and they want to cram as many fucking matches onto the card as they can. Mm. SummerSlam has basically become a main out. It's four hours in the pre-show and, like, we fucking 10, 11 odd matches on it. Yeah. It's going to be a long show. That's what I'm saying. There's a good chance I'll be able to see it, though. Oh, yeah? Well, I'm going to reignite my subscription. I believe I'll be able to get it on mm-hmm. on the Xbox now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, go me. I'll be able to watch pay-per-views and be able to watch back over old pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. But don't have the right music. Well, some do. Depends you tell me some of them don't. Oh, well, some don't. Depends which one you go to or who the person is that's coming to the music. Because if somebody has typically copyrighted music, then if they don't, then they keep the music. Yeah. But I still yeah. don't get that when you told me about the, hell, the fucking... Godwin. Godwin as well. Ah. Godwin. Mm-hmm. And it should be good. I'm really looking forward to also take over Toronto what happens tonight before SummerSlam because mm. you're going to have your four title matches you've got four titles and uh, the other match will probably be the, they're doing a thing called the NXT Breakout Tournament. Mm. They take eight guys that they've signed from the Indies but haven't featured on TV yet and they put them in a tournament the winner the finals will be at, at TakeOver and the winner gets a title shot of their choosing. Very cool. Yeah. And uh like, they might add another match because, like, there seems to be quite a few non title feuds going on. So maybe they might, might extend the five matches, maybe six with that. Because they had Kelly and Dane return. They've been teasing his return for a while, and he came, he returned, and he attacked Matt Riddle mm. and put him through part of the stage a few weeks ago. Uh, the main event oh, is apparently going to be a three stages of hell match between Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano. And cool. apparently, it's going to be Adam Cole picks a stipulation, mm. Gargano picks a stipulation, and William Eagle picks a stipulation. Oh. And somebody joked online, well, we, well, you may go pick a Dutch 
which is a Queen's Bury Rules match, <laughs> which would be funny. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, but we've been talking about wrestling for quite a while. We have. Especially yeah. about Bray and all that, but it was worth talking about, I think. It was. It was. But still, I wasn't very happy last time we did Fraser. But I'm happy this week, because this is a good episode we're doing this week. Oh, this is a non-cape episode. Well, not just a non-cape episode, just the episode in general. Yeah, the episode good. itself was good, but you were happy in particular because it's it's a good episode and it's not a cape one. Yes. You know, well, well, both, both these things go hand in hand, but, you know, they're not too connected. Are you, are you, do you, do you feel a Mr. Burns moment coming on? Excellent. Or a, or a Homer trying to do Mr. Burns impression. Exactly. Don't. But anyway. Excellent. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, it's not about Simpsons or Mr. Burns, right? Fraser. This is season three, episode eight. The last time I saw Maris. Yep. And Fraser is in his booth. Kills the priest. Uh huh. He is sitting there. He's doing a call called Vinny. Goes, I got this thing. I think Vinny's name was out of the thing. That have a problem with women. Ah, having difficulty finding Miss Wright. You no, kid? Kidding. I find Miss Wright almost every night. He starts bragging about he's he's yeah. lovely like, like you know what I mean? You're very doing very little room for interpretation. <laughs> but I see, I'm assuming all these despite all these dalliances, you're still not happy. Oh no, I just lost a pink earring in one of their houses. Yeah. I was figuring if I came on your show, I might have a better chance of finding it. You clearly know. Well, Vinny, you clearly know very little about women, but even less about jewellery. A pinky no more need, no more needs a ring. And a neck needs a gold medallion. <laughs> well, just shoot me, why don't you? Right, oh, gladly. Vinny. <laughs> like, 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 you know very little about the show, about women, and even worse, you know li- even little about jewellery. A pinky no more needs a ring. Then a neck, need, a neck needs a gold medallion. medallion. And he, and he goes we'll be back after this and all that, and goes to the and he sees Roz in the you see Roz at the side of the screen like trying to brush off Noel. He comes uh, through, he comes through, goes, he puts his head to the door. Hi, Doctor Crane. He gets the door shut <laughs> in his face. Hello, Hi, Doctor Crane. He's driving me crazy. Well, Roz, we can't all choose our admirers. <laughs> Have you seen this petition he's got going around? And then he bucks on the other door. Hi, Doctor Crane. Would you care to sign my petition? Petition that someone anonymously posted is to the talented producers of Star, Star Trek. Trek to add a new character, Queen Queen Rosalinda, four-breasted Queen Queen of the planet Rosniak. Yeah, I'll sign this. Freezer. Television will television will never improve unless they start listening to what people want. <laughs> Thank you. Live long and prosper. Let's see. I can't do it with the left. I can do it with the right hand. Oh, bite me. <laughs> Pulse me with both his hands. I can't do it with my other hand. Look, that way too. Woo! No, I can't do it with my right, left hand. Give you the finger. <laughs> that is just very childish and petty. Like, in, in Ro- so anyway, Roz is very annoyed. It's like, I'm the last doctor of the station. The guard used to creep me away saying, Hey, Roz. Now it's all hail, no, Rosalinda. <laughs> and, uh, then Fraser gets a phone call and it's 
He seems like, okay, now, now let's calm down. I can barely hear you. And friend sounds like Maris is missing. And all that. And like, Ross, can you handle the show? Yeah, it's fine. Let's go. I got If I can, I can breastfeed Quintuple and still find time to rule Rosalind. Rosniak. Rosniak. I can handle this. <laughs> and then it cuts to Maylis's house. And he's frantic. He's frantic. And then you see, uh, you see Martin on the phone with the police. Like, oh. Maris is really gone. I'm on the phone with one of the guys now. Checking our credit cards. And then Fraser Ailes comes in like, oh Fraser, thank God you're here. And like, Fraser consoles him and uh, all that. And uh, Martin, you hear Martin going to one of these buddies at the police station like, yeah, she's been missing three days. She's missing three days and you're only panicking now? Well, I, last night I went to her bedroom door and said goodnight and was greeted as I usually am with a frosty silence. <laughs> I assumed everything was status quo. <laughs> Although I just noticed it now. <laughs> uh, but, and then... Uh, oh. I don't know if I'm jumping here, but Martin's on the phone and he's like, how can I describe her? Thin. Thin. Very thin. thin. Caucasian. Very, Very Caucasian. Caucasian. <laughs> and he's, he's starting to get that in the face and he's using all these credit card charges in New York. Like, she's been kidnapped. Someone's using your credit cards. And they'll in charge. He's like, like and the, the thing, the Italian just the... The thing that comes up on the screen for us is it says, thank God Gucci was close or something uh, like that. <laughs> yeah. Like, Armani, Tiffany, he's been all these fancy stores and all that. And then he mentions the last one, like, she's alive! Like, like, any restaurants? Not a one. She's alive! Thank God. She's creating her six alive. I'm 35 shopping. three. Oh, thank God. And he comes up when he's like all happy and all like, Fraser, your tone seems very uncelebratory. Yeah. Like, don't you feel it's a bit weird? Like, you're sitting here worried sick and she's, she's not gallivanting. She's off on some shopping spree, not even a note. Like Aren't like, you aren't you aren't you a little upset? And Martin's like, oh tell him Fraser Candle, like, he's not say, he's not say like this isn't the first time we've dealt with Maris's selfishness. She puts her knees in front of his. She never attends family functions. Yeah. But he, he runs off a list of like everything Maris does all like, It's still Miles like, you know, stand up here like express your anger like, Oh, I'm tired of you and your dribble cycle bell. And then he smashes something, he's like there you go. No, that was for you. This is for her. He starts smashing things up. And like, and he goes smash it. Then uh, that was no, that's hideous. That's no, that's beautiful. Yeah, try this. This is hideous. Yeah, I got them there as a wedding present. He starts smashing. And he's like, and Mark comes in. Oh, Mother, this is great. You must try it. And she just grabs something, smashes it. And goes, I, I meant, meant at your house. Oh. And then uh, he sees a a car pull like. She's here. Oh, she's here in New York. Oh, Teresa came back. And, and, like, and then Mark, Niall starts freaking out about having oh, broke oh. everything. I was like, wait, there's only one thing we can do. Fraser, best man ahead of, ahead of this will tell Maris there was a break-in. Yeah. Calm, like, calm down. Look at this mess. Look at this, look at this mess. It's like, show her your mess. This, this, is, this is your relationship here. Stand yeah. up to her. Stand up to her. Show her your mess. And he goes, he walks up to him and he sees that, that thing that Daphne told him not to smash it, he smashes it in there, he goes, I always hated that dynasty. <laughs> and he walks up the stairs and he cuts to him in the elevator. How you feeling, Mr. Cray? I'm fine, will you stop asking me? Well, it's fair to say. The first question for a man who just ate a pound of fried what? pork no, the size of a half box. For what I paid for that, that steak was coming with me. You're the one who wouldn't let me take a doggy back. And you get there, it goes, we've been gone three hours, probably got a dog with a full bladder in there. And then Eddie, as soon as he opens the door, Eddie runs it with his wheelie, doing his mouth. Yeah. Like, oh, 
Master, can you mind taking me for a walk? You know, I want to uh, get in there and unbutton my pants. Like I wasn't allowed to at the restaurant. <sighs> oh yes, you know how I didn't need to exercise. Don't all that fatty meat he eats clogging up his aging arteries until his heart gives out. Pick up some half and half at the store a while away too, will you? Get get in here, old man. She's grasping by the collar. She doesn't. Are you going for a walk? Nah, walking off that fatty shit. And he walks in and. Uh, well, in, in Mother's defence, that is very unhealthy. Yeah, well, she's she typically doing her job. No, but when you've tanned a big plate of fucking meat, especially with steak, mm-hmm. what do you want to do? Huh. Unbuckle your fucking jeans and sit there and go, ah, steaky. I know, she <laughs> may help him get in his shape and look after him as a health provider, so she's letting him get in there and burn out. Yeah. She's just doing her job, man. I know. So Fraser walks in and I'll criticise her later. And Niles is there with his beer like, hello. He's like, want a beer? <laughs> oh, I just want to thank you for like, how good it you know, how good it was to smash things. And he puts his hand near one of Fraser's prices are and he goes, like, like, you're welcome. And he just starts slowly <laughs> moving away. I stormed right up to her room and I took, apparently she explained yeah, while she's at lunch with some of her friends she heard about the new couture line and Available in New York. And in her haste, she forgot to leave me a note. Unbelievable. She's thinking about it, it makes me furious. And then Peter Sully just moves another few of these things. <laughs> but he, he told her, it was like, so I told her I won't be treated that way. Um, and, and when she, she, I've had enough of her stuff with this, and when she's ready to apologise, I'll be at Fraser's. Then the phone rings. Like, like Fraser picks up. Um, you're jumping ahead of it, like, oh. Sorry. Like, you're stirred. Yes. You're supposed to how you feel. Yes. You'd like to switch the wine, yeah. wouldn't you? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like, the phone rings and Fraser answers it. Hello? Oh, hello, Maris. What I'll see if he's available. Oh, you're still there for a while, it's like... Answer. Yes. What? Hello? Hello, Maris? Well, I know you're not just me speaking like that. That was the whole uh, point. That's the whole point. I see. Okay. Thank you. I know it's an uneasy call for you to make. She wants a divorce. <laughs> and there's a brief moment where he puts the phone down, but Fraser looks all happy, like, oh, I'm sure it all worked in my advice, work, and he goes, wants a divorce. It's the way he says it, looks like, she wants a divorce. And he's pressing, like, slowly, with some smile to, smile to, oh, this turned out work out the way I thought it was. That look he has in his face, and I should have listened to my dad and minded my fucking business. That's the look of, I'm going to get a lecture from my dad about how I should have listened. Because I should have listened. Then like he's still later on he's trying to phone like she won't answer like and Martin advising like give her time and four in the morning like like stay here today he goes you got a blanket for me like he he's been sleeping in the cage goes no you won't have you do that you're a family sleep in Fraser's bed <laughs> sure won't be an inconvenience no not at all well Dad, that was very nice of you well it's the least you could do after you got kicked out of the house <laughs> like I was just trying to help and he's like and Martha I've dealt with domestic disputes for over thirty years rule number one. Never take sides. Well, it's hard when one of them is your brother. Rule two. Especially when it's your brother. Rule two. When it's your family, stay out of their personal business. I know I'm not like I just, I'm just like a. You're maybe right there. I'm just like a. Yeah, a damn good one. You're gonna, gonna speak to Maris, aren't you? I'll be back in an hour. <laughs> She's like, guys, are you guys are in coordination. No, you may say that. Be back in an hour. Yeah. Like, Martin, like, I can tell him, I can, I can tell him not to all day, but I know he's always gonna do it. Mm. He's, he's, he's given up on that. He can, he's probably thinking I can lecture him later. <laughs> and then 
Mahara's cleaning up and he's knocking on the door. Arthur, let me in. No. Mrs. Crane say, no, you, no, 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 not new Dr. Crane, no other Dr. Crane. No Crane. But again. Maris. She knows I'm here. Yes, she knows. Everybody, Everybody knows. knows. And he's like, Maris, I can see you through the shutters. I know you were not, you didn't like how. I, I know spoke. you were not used to me, Niles, talking to you that way, but it was my advice. I told him to express his anger. You gotta, you need this to help your relationship. And she hear him open the windows when he see a big flight. Ah, oh, opening that window is opening your heart to a strong and happy marriage. Sports his water down. Uh, I will not go away. I will stay here until we've had a breakthrough. Dogs on. I stay here. I'll stay here until we have a breakthrough. Here's the dogs barking. Well, I see you had a breakthrough. See you. <laughs> and then next day, it's Fraser in the fridge and Eddie staring up at him like, I know you're there. After last night, I've had quite enough of your kind. And then Daphne wanted like, to I'm not giving you any food. And Daphne does the whole... She starts waving like a dog and she's like, make him feel oh, bad. oh, all right. Here, you can have this shepherd's pie that Daphne made. God knows it's not fit for human consumption. And he comes around and sees how scowling it was. You're like, did I say humans? I'm meant to say Mormons. You're not your quickest the first thing in the morning, are you? <laughs> and then uh, uh, Mark comes in for, again, starting to lecture him. Like, yeah. And here's Dad, fresh and rested and ready to resume his lecture. <laughs> and uh, we find a note from Miles like, by the time you wake up, I will already be gone. I don't want to be a burden to anyone. Mm. You don't think he's doing anything stupid. No. Oh, my gloves. My butt. My gun's locked up. The door to the balcony's closed. We all know that Daphne Shepherd's pie is still in the fridge. <laughs> and then Niles comes in. He's, he's been shopping. Like, where? Where's everyone doing inside? And it's such a lovely day. <laughs> like, yeah. Where'd you go? Oh, like, I, I went out and made myself a little bachelor pad. Is he going to open the gun? No, Maris said I had to get my stuff out here, but that was by tonight. Was she was to the church bazaar. Where my shirts are? I think you're growing a coat. He gets to the... What do you think of these jeans? He gets to this pair of denim. Yes. Like, I also think you're growing, growing a goatee, and I think you're joining a gym. I don't know, is weights or aerobics fair? The best Quaker? way to buff. Niles, I think you may... I think you're not in touch with your emotions. Oh no, in fact, I'm so in tune with them, I just need to go through them quicker. I can them all down in my journal. 5 a.m. Woke up with this feeling of... Woke up with a strange feeling of bliss. Bliss. Something has happened. But what? 5.01. Oh, yes. Bitter feeling of emptiness and despair. 5.07. I can't read this. Oh, yes. Wept uncontrollably. 6.15. All cried out. Had a full box of frosted flakes. They're great. great. <laughs> and then he, he leaves and then Arm goes, I'm 45. Got the butterfly net. And uh, they go with Niles to get his stuff. He's doing nice stuff and he's talking to the staff like, thank you for all the years of service. And then Mark is like, can we come with you? And we all go and wait off up like, please. Sadly, no. This is the road I must walk alone. And then, Peter's uh, like, so he's like, I'm not liking how he's handling this. He's repressing his real feelings. Like, first you, first you want him to get angry and then he's not angry enough for you. But he's walking about and he's like, car keys, yes. Wallet? Yes. Have I, have I got my wallet? 
Yes. Confused? Yes. I lost my, my mind. mind. I, it's my home. I can't <laughs> leave. He, he shuts the he door. He shuts the door on me. He's like, no, thank you for coming. Bye. I'll give my the best to Maris. <laughs> no, no, you can't do this. You can't you just go grappling. It's like, I can't leave here. And he starts looking all the... Yeah, even things. He's like, this chair we bought on our honeymoon in Vienna. That piano where I would sit and play Mahler. Well, that... I play, play Mahler where she played with her watercolors. This chair where we sat... That's where we sat singing champagne on our last anniversary. Yes, it really was our last anniversary. Miles, remember, yes, you bought that candelabra on your honeymoon, but you wanted to buy a watch. Uh, you wanted, well, that chair, yeah. You wanted to buy the chair you saw in Paris. Yes. You say you sit and play Mahler. You hate Mahler. Everyone does, except for Maris. You need to land up yourself. It's time you say, uh, enough is enough. You I won't let, you, I won't let you, you treat, treat me like this, this Lilith. Maris. Well, I've lost all credibility here, Dad. Dad. <laughs> there was a point where he said, we have to say enough is enough. Like, also expect him to be a little more heart. He had to say, well, enough is enough. And it's time for a change. Uh, just, uh, enough is enough. I won't let you treat, treat me like, like this Lilith. Maris. Well, I've lost all credibility, Dad. Dad. <laughs> oh, that's probably Fraser's best moment of the episode, but... Yeah. And he gets the Martin. Like, he's telling him, like, if you want to... Uh, if you want to walk up those stairs, we'll support you. Because yeah, Maris, uh, Marv comes in, Maris, say like, if you want, if you say it all your fault, you don't have to go. You mean I can stay? She's waiting upstairs. And like I said, Martin goes, if you want to walk up those stairs, we'll support you. Can go. you. If you want to leave, we'll support you there too. Your family. Like, he turns to what you assume is walk up and he's like, are you nuts after what that woman did to you? You're just going to go groveling back to her. I was actually going to get my car keys, but... Thanks for the support. Thank you for your impartial advice, Dad. Yeah. He walks away. And he finally gets the courage to walk out the house and leave. Uh, and leave and... And he's saying, like, like, see, this would be the closing of that whole thing, but this goes on for at least a couple more seasons of back and forth between him and Mark, where they tease them, get them back together, and then they, they separate, but they're not divorced, and they officially get divorced. Yeah. Yeah. I believe it's them getting divorced. It brings in Donnie, as I know. He's his lawyer. Yeah. I thought that was around season five or six, I think. Yeah. Anyway, that's then. Then the closing moment during the credits is Rod's walking around the studio. She's preparing for her office to show. And then she sees a box lift for her in, in the booth. It's like, and she looks all out of it. Oh, yeah. Then you can see in the window all the office people getting there. Like, oh, quick, she's opening that. Like, and she then, opens it and it's a four-breasted bra. bra. And she was up, and then she pulls it towards her, and everybody's laughing. She turns around and she starts walking out towards the door. And that's when everybody scatters. Mm. But yeah, I think a really strong episode. You give it a thumbs, thumbs up. Yep. Yeah, it's a very much a very much a Nile centric episode, which I don't think we've had in a while. No, no. Yeah, I quite like I quite really like this episode, and I'm really looking forward to next week's episode as well, mm. where we deal with the cranes of Maine. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a Christmas episode, which we'll be dealing with in July. But, you know, it happens. It happens on this show. Yeah. So, that was a, we've had a really good discussion about, about what's happening in WWE the last few weeks. And it's a good episode of Frasier, but we had to wrap up there. I know we were talking about doing the little What Makes a Good Film things week, but I think we're going to hold that off until next week's episode. I think so. We'll definitely, definitely better to start that. I think that could be a full episode. Yeah, no, because, like, we've had all this other stuff. We've already been talking about for over an hour and 40-odd minutes, so that would 
that would probably mean that that this fish wouldn't get the the time that probably deserves. Yeah. yeah. But I hope we you know with this discussion and kind of the recap of what's been happening in the last few weeks and talking about some general shit at the beginning we talked about where we can we're back where one of my I was gonna say like this could be one of my favourite episodes of Fraser, like yeah. an episode I hadn't watched in a while, but I knew it was a good one and I was reminded of how good it's always good because it's always good when you watch when like I know this is gonna be a good one and you're watching you're like yes I knew this was a good one yeah but we're uh, we're gonna be back next week with uh their discussion on what makes a good film we're gonna have another Fraser review in that episode and I might be talking some ICW because I'm gonna see ICW this weekend cool so some stuff to talk about there I hope it's ICW Shug's house party and I remember I talked about this last year. I won't talk about it for like an hour like I did last year, which I still can't believe I did. Yeah. But anyway, remember, I want to remind everybody that you can follow us on Twitter at SBRambly and get me at SkullCloud1996. You can find, like our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash rambling podcast. And you can find all the links to all the Android podcasting sites that we're available on, on those platforms. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, to name a few. All that's left is for music choice, and then Paul, I believe, is actually your musical choice this week. That's my musical choice this week. I believe so. Like, it's been a while, so I can't quite remember, but I'm assuming it's yours. Oh, okay, okay. Um, well, fuck it. I will, demo- I will pass it to you. Alright. Because I can't think of one. <laughs> Alright. And I can't actually think of one, so I'm making the choice. I can't think of one right now, but I'll probably sort of one as I tend this up, so... Please enjoy the random music choice that I probably came up with because it probably will be something random <laughs> that I've chosen. Yeah. So, with that being said, I hope you enjoy this episode again. Sorry for the gap in episodes, but we'll be back next week. Hopefully at a regular... I don't think we really have a regular time. We keep moving about, but hopefully we'll resume some normality in the next few weeks. And we're... One, of these day, one of these days we will have a regular time. Well, we did do it first and then shit gets to move around yeah. for whatever reason or another. Because, because we are not organised. Sometimes. Well, we have a lot of SummerSlam stuff, related stuff to come in the next few weeks, as well as what makes a good film next week. Yeah. So, from Paul Brown, I've been Scott McLeod. Goodbye. See ya.